Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We are really glad that you're here for this episode, and we're really glad that many of you have chosen to leave a rating and review. And for those of you that haven't, we would love for you to do that too. And the reason why is because we read them and we learn and we get better based on your feedback. So let us know what you think of the podcast. Additionally, leaving those ratings and reviews helps other people find the podcast as they search for student ministry related content on their podcast platform of choice. So thanks for being a part of this community. Thanks for telling us what you think so that we can get better for you. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood. And as per usual, I am sitting in a video call, not in studio today, but we're in a video call with the one and only producer, Nathan. That's right. What's up? How's it going? It's good, man. So uh, at the time of this recording, it, if audience, if you will allow us to nerd out for one brief moment, and then our guests, Chuck and Jana, I don't, I don't know if you guys are into this or not, but at the time of this recording, we are heading into a big race weekend in Formula One. We like, are. It's this, huge. This weekend will decide... The world champion. It's tied up right now. It's tied up after, what, 22 races? Yeah. It's completely tied up. It's going to be fascinating down to the wire. So wow. what's your prediction? Who is going to take home the world championship? I think I think Lewis Hamilton's going to win it. They just look so strong right now. I'm kind of pulling for Verstappen to see somebody new there. I mean, I think either way it'll be good. I think it's going to be a ton of good racing, so we're going to see what happens. I, too, am hoping that Verstappen can do it. Jana, Chuck, Hamilton or Verstappen? <laughs> well, I mean, when you're talking Formula One, <laughs> right, you, the, the more European you are, the, the more the more highly capable or more likely you are to win. So I'm going to go with uh, not Hamilton. That's Hamilton is like a, I don't know. That's like a hockey player or a, a football he's, player. <laughs> he's British. A historical yeah. figure. Verstappen. That's yeah. right. That's right. Hamilton. That's right. Yeah. Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> this is a new thing for me. Nathan's been into it for a little while. This is my first season to, and it has, uh, it has grabbed me. So I'm excited about the race this weekend. But that's not what today's episode is about. It but is it about, it, it we, can, we could transition <laughs> the whole thing to that. But instead, we're going to talk about a transition of a different kind. And that is from kids ministry into student ministry. It is one of the most significant moments, I think, in the church and in next gen ministry is the transition of kids moving into the youth ministry. And to help us talk about that today, we have two very special people, good friends, uh, fellow co-laborers at Lifeway, Chuck Peters, who's the director of Lifeway Kids and does a lot of prolific things uh, <laughs> that we could get into, that we can get into but later. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Jana Magruder, uh, who she and I have worked together for and almost 10 years, I think, uh, serves as the Strategic Initiatives Director for Lifeway Kids and Baylor grad. So riding high right now with that, oh, yes. Uh, yes, recent yes, yes. championship. So That's congratulations right. to your bears there. Thank you. Um, so like I said, this topic is uh, very important for the life of a church but also something that could be really difficult, something that can be challenging for a church to manage, for parents to manage. Hmm. And so let's jump right in uh, with kind of the overarching question that we want to tackle today. 
what does a successful transition from kids ministry to student ministry look like? So here's why I'm excited about you guys being, because we've talked about this like in the student ministry podcast before we've talked about it in student ministry world. I want to hear from the kids side of things. What does a successful transition look like as you send kids off to another ministry area? Yeah. Well, I think so to start with, I think acknowledging the fact that there is a gap that we have to span is really important, right? Because we can just assume that kids or families will transition on their own. And I think that's a mistake. Uh, We need to be aware that there is a, a... this is a time when kids leave kids ministry and move into the student space when families change churches. It's a time when people churn out and fall out and drop out. And so we need to be together, kids leaders and student leaders uh, together on this so that we can close that gap and set them up for success in that transition. So just acknowledging that there's, that there's a problem to solve is the first step. Yeah. Jana, what do you think success looks like as as a kids ministry person when you send those kids into the next mm-hmm. area of ministry? And all three of us have done that from uh, mm-hmm. as a parent. I know Chuck has older like high school and college and yeah. uh mine I have two in student ministry and Jana you you have kids in student ministry and have one in college mm-hmm. as well. So we've all done this from the parent side. Yeah. What, how would you label success for that really important transition moment? Yeah, well, the first thing that comes to mind is really simple things like, do the kids know who the student leaders are? Yeah. Do the parents of the kids mm-hmm. know who the student leaders are? And I know that seems really obvious, but you would be surprised how many kids transition without even knowing who the student director is, the student pastor any of the volunteers, uh, they just have to show up one day and they're ta-da in sixth grade at a different building in a different space. So I think, first of all, success looks like families, parents, kids know who the student leaders are. They are familiar with where that space is, whether that's a different building or a different room or a different wing of the church, um, so that there's some of that anxiety that comes down Um, I know that as a parent, especially with my firstborn, um, uh, I was a little bit anxious about her going to student ministry in Mm -hmm. sixth grade. You know, I felt like she was, you know, super young still and uh, shy and she's going to be in there with, you know, seniors in high school and guys who are driving. And believe me, I am not alone in this angst. I think parents really have some concerns there. So success looks like uh, helping parents feel really at ease with Mm. this transition and uh, maybe even excited because of having an awareness of what is happening next. So a really good, you know, strategy uh, that churches put in place for, you know, birth to high school, graduation. You know, we have all the milestones that we all talk about. Uh, but do parents know strategically where their kids are headed in the student ministry? Or do they just have a short-sighted view of what they're doing in preschool, what they're doing in elementary, maybe preteen? But after that, the communication has stopped and they're not really sure what's happening next. And like Chuck said, that I think that is recipe for, I don't get it. I want to leave, you know, that kind of thing. 
Yeah. Well, and the parents may not know what's happening next. The kids probably really don't know what's happening next. But in a lot of churches, the kids leader doesn't know what's happening next. Mm. So right, part of part of making that a good transition is for the kids leaders to help gear up the kids and families to be excited about going on to student ministry. Yeah. You know, instead of saying, "Oh, we're going to miss you so much," that we can change that talk point as we in, invest in our kids in the kids space to say, "Boy, next year you're going to get to go off with, you know, with Pastor Ben and you're going to get to be a part of the whatever program." And yeah. we uh, when the kids leaders are knowledgeable and when the kids and student leaders are knowledgeable of one another's ministry, then we can really start to to refer, you know, people better onto the next level. And that trickles down. Like we say leaders and like probably in the, in those contexts that we were just talking about, talking about the main ministry leader, but also what about those small group leaders? Because just like in student ministry, now I'll talk to you student pastors, how you rely on your leaders to communicate a lot of vision to be like the first line of relationship. You can't have relationships with all of your students. It's the same way in kids ministry. So even if you and the kids pastor are on the same page, go one level below that. And how are you both working together to prepare the leaders under them? So is the, is the fifth grade, small group, Sunday school teacher, whatever you name it at your church, are they involved in the transition process as well? And Jen, I want to go back to something that you were saying too, because I think it's really important and that's the parent knowledge of this. Mm -hmm. So student ministries, I think have in some engaged more than others, but some would, uh, student pastor would be involved in some fifth grade stuff towards the end of the year or be present in the older elementary school, just to get some face recognition and things like that. But what, what that leaves out is the parent piece still. So even if the new group of kids coming up recognizes the student pastor and says, Oh, like I know who pastor so-and-so is what FaceTime have the parents had. So I think that, I think you bring that up and it's a really, really important thing. So what can a student pastor do? to work with the kids pastor to make that happen? Like what are some tangible, let's get in a room and work together like we were doing this to help parents be more knowledgeable, leaders be more knowledgeable so that that can be a success? Yes. Well, I think tangibly there are things that overlap that could be low hanging fruit. Like for example, VBS. What can, um, how can kids ministry leaders, student ministry leaders come together and figure out how to collaborate in a way that gives face time to those parents who are interacting with BBS at some level? Um, how can uh, the kids actually know who the students are? So not just the student leader, but have some face time with actual students who are volunteering and who are embedded perhaps in small groups with other adult leaders. Um, I think there's an excitement there for when kids see students who are, um, you know, it's the big kids. They're cool. That's right. And, you know, one day I'm going to get to be that, uh, you know, girl who's leading the choreography on the stage because the students always do that or the students always lead the games. It gives a kind of a vision 
for the kids. And then I think because parents are so usually uh, around VBS, whether that's through volunteering or through some kind of family programming at the end, there's an opportunity as well to give some face time to student pastors, student leaders, and of course the students themselves. So things like VBS, I think there's other things depending on your church context where you can come together and do that. I love the VBS example. Uh, that's something that we would always be heavily involved in, in student ministries that I let, because like on the student ministry side of things, it's basically a free local mission trip for you. You're going to do all of the same stuff, all of the same training. You're going to have those relationships, but it's, it's there in your community and at your church. It's a great way to develop leaders in the student ministry. So like on that side of things, it's a no brainer to be involved. But then when you add in, man, this is more contact for our students to be with kids for everything that you just mentioned. That is a, if you're not doing that now, student pastors that, and you know, we obviously we believe in VBS. We think it is a life changing event. You may call it something different at your church, whatever, but that is a layup to be involved Mm -hmm. in to help this transition. Chuck, what about you? What would you say just tangible things that like if if we were kids pastor and student pastor, we were sitting together trying to figure this out. What would you what would you say? Well, I'll, I'll give a I'll, I'll second VBS or third VBS. We at our church, our our youth pastor is the MC on the main stage for VBS. And that has been a strategy that has worked so well to uh, to to get that time with the kids, but also, again, with the parents. So that's a great one. Another opportunity is camp. You know, a lot of a lot of us take kids to camp and we're always looking for volunteers who can come along and support. Now, if your student camp and your kids camp are happening the same week, that's not real practical. But if your kids ministry is hosting a day camp uh, that may be different than VBS or a sports camp, right? We're going to we're going to do do a soccer themed sports camp at the church to have the student ministry team leader volunteers involved in that sort of thing is fantastic. Or even to go along to Century Kid or Student Life for Kids as part of the chaperone team can be a great way that a student leader can get involved with the kids, parents, and team uh, in a way that is really, uh, really in-depth and gives that exposure to. So we've, we've covered like event kind of things, but what about with the parents specifically? Because I know from being at in a lot of church ministry over the years, one of the really cool things about the kids ministry leader, the kids pastor, is that oftentimes they have really good relationships with parents hmm. already because they've in many like if the family grows up in the church, so to speak, and that's not everyone's story, but it's a lot. You know, they have the, the opportunity to get to know families from preschool through fifth grade. Like it's a long period of time. It's a very important period of time. So what does it look like for a kids ministry leader to sort of pass along that relational credibility to the youth pastor? And how can that help set the youth pastor up to win, so to speak? Yeah, I think communication is the key. Um, If we haven't said that word, we've been alluding to that word. Um, So when the kids uh, leader can um, bring the student pastor into, whether that's a training, using whatever the church strategy is, the church approach, whether that's a family ministry approach or a minister of education model, 
where you have the strategy in front of you of what kids and then into students, whether that's middle school, high school level, that strategy is presented to parents so that when they are in a training or when they join the church and we're able to say, here's what the church is going to do to partner with you in your discipleship efforts at home. And here are the leaders associated with those uh, age groups. So here's our preschool leader. Here's our kids leader. Here's our middle school pastor. Here's our high school pastor. And you reference those things throughout the longevity of uh, that child's life, whether it's in kids or student ministry. I think that there is a nice handshake that can come, uh, whether that's symbolically or or literally, uh, for parents to see that uh, there's a strong relationship between the kid's uh, leader and the student leader. Um, And wink, wink, everyone, that should be a strong strategic relationship um, that is represented in your, your church staffing. And so work on that if it's not. That's my recommendation. Um, but, but yeah, I think that the credibility of the student pastor can be shown by that um, proverbial handshake by the kids leader and bringing that awareness to the parents. That relationship is the whole thing comes down to trust within relationship, right? When we know each other, when we know who the kids are going to, when they know who their new leader is going to be, when when the parents are known and know the leaders, then, then there is safety that comes in that, you know, that that anxiety that Jana talked about at the beginning, that that all comes from the unknown. And so the sooner we can come together, uh, whether that's combined training uh, or, or participating and collaborating on some events, there are service projects that we can do in and around the church or in and around the community where kids and students can work together side by side. And finding those those common points of overlap is so key mm. uh, so that we, we are uh, together. Uh, you know, a lot of families, you mentioned earlier, Ben, that some of us have kids in kids ministry and other kids in student ministry. A lot of parents are like that. They've got kids in both spaces. Yeah. And if for that parent, it feels like two completely disconnected, unrelated, disjointed experiences, that's not to our advantage, right? In making that yeah. that transition. But the more we can be unified, the better. And I I do think that relational connection between the kids leader and the student leader and the kids team and the student team that we're for each other, that we know each other and that we can uh, that we can endorse each other is is so valuable. And that all comes behind the scenes. You know, that's the grabbing coffee together or, hey, let's go to lunch. Um, a lot of times, if we're honest, you know, student leaders tend to be younger and kids leaders sometimes are older. There are different places in life and they may not have a natural connection, but it is so worth investing in that relationship. And it goes both ways. You know, kids leaders need to take initiative to reach out to student leaders, but vice versa. Uh, yeah. Send the invite for the coffee, you know, uh, get together for dinner after, you know, whenever you can and, and spend that time together outside of the ministry setting to build that relationship. And with that, it becomes so much easier to really be for each other in a way that's genuine. Yeah. Man, so both of you alluded to a, a strategy that has to be in place that's bigger than just that transition moment. Mm-hmm. And I think we would all agree that, you know, if it gets to March, April, May, and we're saying, all right, how are we going to transition from kids to student ministry? Then that's too late. But here we are in December, 
And at least at the recording of this, producer Nathan is comes out in like January. First episode in January. Okay. Right out of the gate in January. So there's still time. You can start right now if there's not that strategy in place. But if from the overall leadership of the church, there's a clear, this is what we do for families. This is how we work together. And there are points along the way where you're working together already, like VBS, like some training things and there's relationship there, then when you get to these types of transition moments, the foundation's already there. Everything's in place for this to happen in a healthy way. Now, I'll speak from the student ministry side for just a minute. Like, I think part of the posture that I would suggest to student ministry people that needs to change is that many times we treat, we as in student ministry people, Treat this moment as a catching of people. Like, I am going to receive this group of people that come into my area. And when we do that, there's not a lot of forward action with that mentality. It's just a sit back and wait, and they're going to finish the kids' ministry, and then they're going to walk down here or over here or across the parking lot or whatever the case may be in your context. And it's more of a catching or receiving rather than a go getting. Mm -hmm. And what I would like to put out to you in the student ministry world is that this is a go getting moment, just like you would go to school campuses and go to extracurricular activities and visit teenagers and their families to go get them to be connected to your church. This is a moment to not take for granted just because they've been around for a few years already. Just because they've been active in kids' ministry does not mean they will automatically be active in student ministry. And so my subtle posture shift recommendation would be, let's not treat this like a sit back and receive moment, but let's take a whole year and say, what am I going to do? If you transition from fifth to sixth grade, I know that's different in different places, but contextualize it for yourself. I'm going to work with the kids ministry leader to develop a full year of what it looks like for me to go get them and go get those relationships with those families and go get those relationships with kids to get to know them to make that transition possible. So as I think about doing that and as I sit back and say, Okay, it's January right now when this podcast comes out. I don't have a full year, but I do have about five months. And if if we move kids up at the end of the summer, then we have a little bit longer. So as I develop my plan to change my posture to go get them, what do I need to know about the kids ministry that's going to help make me successful in that? Chuck, why don't we start with you for this one? Like, what is... What do I need to know as a student pastor about the kids ministry to make it a successful thing where, I, where I'm going to put this go get them plan in place? Yeah. Well, I, with my, my boys, uh, we've, we've found that with them, when we're ready to leave a place and go to the next place, if we just spring that on them, all right, boys, time to go. That did not go well. But when we built into that, the two minute warning the 10 minute warning, a couple touch points that were strategically placed in advance of the move 
it helps so much to make that time to go make sense. So with, with that kids ministry, I don't think of it as a moment of transition, but as a, as a, a season of transition, yeah, right? Good. Where we can begin to build in, build in some regular touch points. Every kids ministry has the drop-off uh, sign-in station. And so you go up and you, there's either a person at the desk that gives you the name tag or you print one off at the printer, but there is an easy place where you can station yourself. It's not the same in student ministry, right? Students come and go and they're kind of on their own for the most part, but in kids, there's always a check-in and always a check-out. That is a key location, a strategic position Mm -hmm. where you can meet people. And it's really easy to stand by that check-in desk and and have a little little one sheet or have a little piece of candy or have a mug or a t-shirt or something from the student ministry that can be a gift to the kid or to the family and just be like, hey, I'm here today from student ministry. And it's just a really simple way to be seen, uh, but a strategic position to use that check-in, check-out location and time to make a make a connection. So let's start with that. Yeah. Jana, what do you think? What what would you say, Ben, here's what you need to know about kids ministry. If you're going to treat this with a little more action towards going to get kids and families, what would you, what would you say? This is what you need to know. Look at the calendar. Is there a retreat? Is there a, um, event. I think we've mentioned that. I'll use an example from our church. Our middle school pastor goes to the preteen retreats. So uh, fourth and fifth grade is considered preteen at my church. They go on a special retreat every spring. Um, Kiron, our, our youth, shout out to Kiron if he's yeah. listening. We love uh, Kiron around our here. Our middle school pastor goes to uh, those retreats and participates uh, as a speaker, is interacting with the kids. Um and so they have, they know him in fourth grade and fifth grade, and then mm. he's their friend by the time they walk in, in sixth grade. To me, that is a tangible example of how to do the go and get is just yeah. the proximity and the availability and the proactiveness of going mm. on, whether that's field trips, retreats, we've already mentioned VBS and camp. Yeah. And I think yeah, it's that good. in both of our scenarios, it's, it's that student leader coming into the kid's space, right? Rather, you had mentioned, Ben, not just receiving when they show up in your space, but going to the check-in, going to the VBS, going to the event and taking that, you being the ones who take those steps down the hallway towards where the kids and families are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is, this is a moment, certainly that is, uh, Maybe a nervous moment for parents is kind of putting it lightly. Uh, Jana, you talked about like with your daughter and her transition, because that that was the first one that y'all took from Mm -hmm. elementary school into student ministry. This is a, this is a a moment for parents that is significant. It's, it's nervous, nerve wracking for them. It's uncertain because what we have to remember is that they're not just making a church transition right now. In many cases, they're also making a school transition too. Mm-hmm. And so point. there are, it's bigger than what we see it as just in the church bubble. There are their activities, if they're doing sports or other things, often transition to a new age group division at that time. Their schools transitioning. 
their hormones are definitely transitioning. So, so just who they are as people is becoming very different. So anything that the church can do to kind of smooth that out and make the, the transitions that we have control over to make those less bumpy, I think is a great way that we can serve the people in our church that we can serve parents, that we can love them saying, hey, we know that this is a season of time that's filled with many different transitions, but we're going to do everything we can to make you not worry about this one because there's there's plenty of other worry on your plate. How does, yeah. how does a kid's ministry, because that has to come from the top, right? That has to come from an overall strategy, overall view. How can a kids ministry leader and a student ministry leader come together to kind of lead up in this moment and, and help the people that they report to to say, Hey, this is, this needs to be an important thing for our whole church, not just for kids ministry, not just for student ministry. I think creating an environment uh, that is based on relationships um, is something that we can do as a church. Um, where everybody is aware of that and aware of the student transitions um, that go um, during this time. So I will tell you, Chuck and I um, have recently been playing around with this acronym called FLIP, F-L-I-P, and it is based on relationships. So how can we make sure that there are plenty of opportunities for kids, especially new kids? I'm glad you brought up the transition of school. Um Friends, F stands for friends. L stands for leaders. So are we creating opportunities to foster friendships? Are we creating opportunities to have leaders that are starting to develop relationships with these new kids coming from kids ministry to student ministry? I stands for influencers. And really, that's kind of a catch-all for everybody else in the church that could have a have a part in participating yeah. with building relationships with Next gen ministry, whether that's in kids or student, and, and then P pastors, parents, pastors, older yeah. kids, all kinds of influencers. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Gianna, go ahead. Yes, so the leadership at the church. Do our kids and our students know who the pastor is? Do they know who the deacons are? Do they know who other ministry leaders are? Can they put in some face time and some relational time, especially during these transitions? I think that's. Um, a great time to be able to have some awareness of who church leadership is. Um, so yeah, I, I think creating that environment that's based on relationships can really help foster a great transition. And that's I think good. I might have stepped on the P, Jana, when you mentioned the P, I might have talked over you. The P is for parents. That parents, yeah. Understanding that that relational connection is really not just for the kids and with the kids. So the the insight that we've already touched on here today, that that the the importance of the relationship with with the parent, with the caregiver, whoever that is, is key. Building, gaining their trust. Yeah, absolutely. I like the uh, I like the acronym there. Flip. Also, the, the current season of Fortnite is about <laughs> it being that flipped. is so, so true. I, that is hilarious. That, then I'm going to tell my you, my son that loves Fortnite that I came up with this acronym, but it was before Fortnite released their new right. season. Flip. Take credit of it. Yes. Take credit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, this has been, I think, really helpful, and I think can help student pastors kind of go get and, and take action on this to hopefully 
develop more relationships with all of these people involved. One question just to leave with you is just to leave with you student pastors as you're listening to this, as we kind of close out here, one question that I would give you to think about when's the last time you spent one-on-one time with the kids ministry leader at your church. So if it's been more than a few weeks, it's time. It's time to re-engage that. It's time to go seek that relationship because the closer you guys are together, the more effective these key transition points are going to be. And the more eager your kids ministry leader is going to be to pass off those relationships to you. That comes with trust and trust only comes with time. So Jana, Chuck, thank you for being part of this episode today. It has been a joy having you on. And... Don't go anywhere. We're going to do a quick ad and then producer Nathan and I will be right back. As promised, here is this week's ad brought to you by Bible studies provided by Lifeway. So one of the things that we work hard to do at Lifeway is to create Bible studies that are connected between kids and student ministry. We do that so that if you have a strategy in your church that aligns kids and student ministry in a next-gen approach that says, here's what we want to see happen from birth through graduation in our church, that we have Bible studies that stay connected to each other for you to be able to do that. It helps parents have easy conversations at home. Parents that have both kids and students in student ministry can have easy conversations as they spiritually lead their kids. You can find out more about Bible Studies for Life, explore the Bible and the Gospel Project at lifeway.com slash student ministry. All right, Nathan, we are back. Here we are to recap. But before we recap, let, let's just say a quick thing. Uh, both producer Nathan and myself, if you are uh, going to be attending the Southeast Conclave Youth Pastor event coming up at the end of January, mm-hmm. we'll both be there. So... Uh, we would love for you to come say hello. We would love to meet you in person. That's one of the, our favorite things to do is to meet you outside of the microphones. So absolutely, uh, going to be at Southeast Conclave. Come say, hey, we'll be at the Lifeway Students booth. Producer Nathan and I will both be there. So Nathan, what do you think, yep. man? What are you walking away with today? That was good. Well, I think the thing I'm taking away from today is just how important it is for the student pastor. It goes along two things. It's what you said, Ben, about being proactive and going into into kids ministry. Jana was talking about that as well. Go into, into kids ministry, spend some time there. I think so often it's, we just, we do kind of what you were talking about is it's almost just receive. It's like, I'll just wait till they walk through the door. We'll say, Hey, and all of a sudden we're off and running into student ministry. I remember somebody said, um, I think actually it was from my church the, a couple of weeks, I guess it was back in this, in the fall when we did transition and I was chatting with our student pastor. Uh, and, and so like the kids are so used to going to the check-in, getting their name tag, getting their badge, get checked in. And he was like, yeah, one of the sixth graders looked a little lost today. Cause they didn't know where check-in was. It's like, Hey, we don't do that here. So, I mean, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's, you know, it's in my mind. I was like, that's kind of funny. Then I'm also thinking like, man, wait a minute. That really is huge. One week they're checking in. They know all the structure the next week. It's probably a lot louder like some kids probably over there on a switch playing madden and like stuff's just happening and like it's great for the people who've been there for a while but man i was just thinking like i think i might be shell-shocked kind of so i think kind of a burning thought i had i had in my head while this was while we were talking about that was 
man, what would it look like to have those small group leaders? Because as you talked about, Ben, transitions, you know, they're probably transitioning school, they're transitioning everywhere. I, I realize how hard of a statement this is, I'm going to say, to actually implement. But what if those small group leaders, you were able to take them to be their small group leader in fifth grade, but then also their small group leader in sixth grade. And I think yeah. that would be really powerful and strong. I, I do realize, student pastors, how hard that may be to do and pull off. I understand <laughs> that statement, but I just think I may be worth putting the effort in to see what that looks like because it would be add a layer of consistency to them and it would help them, I think, that transition goes so much better. Um, so by the time they're, you know, seventh grade, they really do have their feet in student ministry or comfortable with it. But anyway, that's just kind of yeah. a, a thought that was in my head. Man, I think that's an incredible idea. And well, like student pastors are going to love that because it's, man, that's one less grade I have to recruit for. Like, <laughs> that's I, right, I'm right. just going to inherit all of these amazing leaders every year. That's it. Uh, given like, you know, if they're amazing, uh, which they are, I'm sure they are. But I really like that idea too. And I think that's a really practical way to smooth out that transition. Uh, and you could have a rotation of people that stick with that group for two years. And when they finish sixth grade, they roll back and take another group from mm -hmm. fifth and sixth. So you just have two groups of people that kind of rotate. If you find like the expert fifth and sixth grade leaders, mm -hmm. right now, you, you are also correct that that would be difficult to pull off in every year and every mm -hmm. in exactly the same way. But those are the kinds of things I think that if we're really thinking about how to transition well, I think those are the kinds of ideas that need to go on the table rather than just dismiss to say, okay, if, if we believe that this will really help, how do we make it happen? How do we do whatever it takes to like, if, can we get 50% of the way there? Okay. That's mm -hmm. probably better than, than not at all. Yep. So I love that, Nathan. I think that's, uh, I think that's a fantastic idea. I think I, I think I'm walking away with the simple, the simple truth of build a relationship with the kids pastor, mm -hmm. whoever that might be. I served, uh, my church context was larger churches and man, there were a lot of times where there would be long periods of time where I would go without truly connecting with our kids pastor. Now we would be in meetings together and we would, you know, talk about ministry things and we would mm -hmm. do a lot of the same things that we mentioned. Students would serve at VBS. We would like, we would do those tactical ministry things, but the relational time, the mm -hmm. trust building time, I think is where, where we fall short. And I guess that's what I would want to highlight in this moment, too, is that you might look at your church situation and say, oh, I have a good relationship with that kids ministry leader. We're in meetings every week together. We talk about ministry stuff. But is that really getting to know that person? And the trust only comes from really getting to know them. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would encourage is like, take the time to really get to know, not just work. No. You never know. You might come out with your family might develop friendship with another family. And that would be that would be a great. We're all about developing new friendships here on the Student Ministry Podcast. <laughs> That's right. So and we want to have those friendships with you. So come see us at Southeast Conclave if you're going to be there. And then throughout the rest of the spring, we're going to be at all of the Youth Pastor Summit events. So other opportunities for us to hang out. And uh, we hope to see you there. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time.